Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I wanted to fly my family around the world in business class. What is your secret to being able to book these flights? Points diversification. It's important to have different point schemes that I'm collecting rather than just putting all of my eggs in one basket. What do you find is the best use of points? Points should be treated by more people as an asset, as cash essentially, and we should do what we can to protect them and also to maximise our value from them. You start with teaching good money habits and then you can start to talk about points. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. This is Queenie and Pablo and we have a very, very exciting guest, Adele from the Champagne Mile. I'm so excited because if you know anything about credit cards, you may have come across her site before. She provides a lot of useful tips on her website and lots of really amazing resources. So we're going to chat all things credit cards today and making the most of your rewards points. So welcome Adele. Thanks, Queenie and Pablo. It's great to be here. Oh, thank you so much for coming. A little tradition on the podcast, we like to go through our money wins. So I'm curious to hear from you. Do you have a money win to share with us? I do. Look, the the sales are sort of happening at the moment, aren't they? Um, And I'm a bit of a sucker for really nice designer clothes at 80% off. So I love shopping at the Outnet, which is the outlet for Net-A-Porter. And I recently bought a really beautiful Zimmerman jumpsuit for I think about $300, which was 80% off. Plus I got 12.5% cash back through my Annex shop. So oh my gosh. Was, uh, quite a win. Oh, that is amazing. Wow. Zimmerman jumpsuit. And it's so nice when you have something, you know, just like beautiful and it's just like something that, you know, you you use all the time. So very happy for you. Oh, and Pablo, what about you? What's your money win? My money win is that uh, next week is actually Black Friday and I've waited quite a bit, you know, to get like best deals. And I've seen on Cashback or Shopback, they have a 100% Pizza Hut and 15% Cashback. Yeah, so that's really good. Like well, that's great. Discount. Yeah, 15% of like groceries, mm. you know, that's, you're going to buy it like food anyway. So Yeah, very cool. And free pizza. Basically, you know. Free pizza, yes. That's so cool. Who can say no? I know, right? It's so good. Well, my money win is that we've been trying out the Thermomix because they reached out to us. Obviously, Thermomix, it's quite expensive. So we wanted to test it ourselves for a couple of weeks just to see what we actually thought of it, whether we think it's worth it, because the machines cost $2,500. But... Oh my gosh, it is a lifesaver. This machine is incredible. It's like a cooking robot. And the other day we made two meals really, really quickly in the Thermomix. So the first one was like this really nice vegetable pasta with cream. It was beautiful. And the Thermomix did the whole thing. We made banana bread and it was the best banana bread we've ever made and the easiest. So yeah, that's my money win. It's obviously it's a big upfront cost, but then... I think if you use it all the time, I've heard from a few people it does last a really long time, it could be worth it. So, yeah. 
very happy for that. Just remember that anything that we talk about in this podcast is general in nature and doesn't constitute personal financial advice or personal credit advice. You can read my full financial services guide and credit guide in the description below. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of our land and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Okay, so I'm curious to hear from you, Adele. I love asking this question to people that use credit cards and love flying and reward systems. So can you tell us which credit cards you personally have either for yourself and for your business? Because I'm just so curious. Sure. So look, I'm a real fan of points diversification. So for me, it's important to have um, different point schemes that I'm collecting rather than just putting all of my eggs in one basket, uh, which some people tend to do in Australia. So at the moment, the personal card I use is the Amex Platinum card. And then I have a NAB Qantas card that I use where Amex isn't accepted. Uh, similar setup for my business where I use the Business Platinum and the, the NAB Qantas card for business. Very cool. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. I love knowing about this. Yeah, anything to add, Pablo? Yeah, what made you like, I guess, go into the, the platinum? Is that because you have more than one reward system? Absolutely. So I love some of the sweet spots for travel that the Amex membership rewards program offers. Uh, for example, you can, I think it's about 10 airlines you can transfer points to. I like to use Qatar Airways, Avios, uh, because I live in Adelaide and there are direct flights into Europe and uh, they're in the Q suite, which is the best business class I think you can fly these days. And then even uh, Virgin Atlantic is a transfer partner of American Express and you can actually fly Trans-Tasman from Sydney to Auckland for just 15,000 Virgin Atlantic points uh, in business class, which is great. Wow, that's really amazing. Yeah, Pavlo and I, we personally have, well, yeah, we also have two credit cards that we use personally and we have each other as an additional card holder. The first one is the Amex Qantas Ultimate card. And when Amex isn't accepted, we also use our, what is it, like a Qantas Premier Everyday card. Yes. And we also have a business Qantas rewards card, but I know what you mean about the points diversification because Qantas, we've been able to get where we want to go most of the time, but sometimes there are some flights that can be really tricky to book. And in that case, it would be good to have another sort of like reward system that we're building up in the background. So good tips already. Thank you so much, Adele. I think it just gives you a bit of flexibility. Yeah, I agree. And so Adele, so basically you're not really chasing like any statue, particular statues into airline. You just want points flights or you try to do that as well? Well, that's a really good question. And people have different ideas about whether status is worth it these days. Personally, I do find it worth it. I've, I've maintained my Qantas Gold status for a number of years. I've been lucky enough to, to get that extended through COVID. Um, but it's for different reasons these days. So I don't know if it's the same at Sydney Airport, but here in Adelaide, if I'm heading interstate in the morning, you can expect about 45 minutes in the line at the airport. But if you've got your status, you could just flash your card and you're straight through. So I think the benefits have changed as travel has changed. Mm. Yeah, that's a good that's point. That's really cool. In Sydney, actually, they have like a special airport just for Qantas domestic. And so the line is not too long. But it would be faster, obviously, to have, like, you know, priority access. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's very interesting. 
Very interesting. Oh, I love this whole like system. I'm so excited to talk to you more about it. Okay, so I'm curious, where did your points journey begin? Why did you start collecting points in the first place? It's a really interesting question, Queenie. And I have a background as a, a social government researcher, so really nothing to do with rewards programs or digital marketing. And about 10 years ago, I decided that I wanted to fly my family around the world in business class using the Qantas uh, Classic One World Award. So I spent a lot of time researching those flights. We managed to book business class from Adelaide to Asia, New York, and then Europe, and then back home. And I basically decided to start a little blog to educate friends and family about that process, which is where the Champagne Mile began. Oh, that's so cool. And how was the round the world trip? Did you have fun? I did. Look, my daughter was 18 months old at the time, so that made it uh, a bit interesting. But uh, (laughs) that was good. We had a great time. Oh, that is so nice. Pablo and I actually did a round the world trip also using our Qantas Classic Rewards miles. So that was amazing. Our first like round the world trip. Some of the legs were in business class and some of them economy and premium economy because it was hard to get business class all the way through. But yeah, that was amazing because we saved so much money and you can travel so much. It's really incredible. That's wonderful. Yes, there are certainly opportunities if you can put in the legwork and the research, I think. For sure, for sure. And so Adele, like when you book like your flights for your family, because I know that for us, we are two people and sometimes it's a bit more challenging to have like three, four people on, you know, just point flights. How do you do that? So we were lucky at the time. I just had the one child and she was only 18 months old. So she was able to travel as a a lap infant, essentially. Although I think for most of the flights, she would sort of sprawl out on the business class bed and my husband and I would stand in the aisle. (laughs) um, (laughs) So we just had two seats that we were looking to book at all times. Um, Having said that, I have been lucky enough to sometimes get up to four reward seats for my family. So my kids are seven and nine now. We flew from Tokyo to Sydney a couple of months ago on ANA business class and we found four seats, which was really amazing during school holidays. Oh, that's really, really good. Yeah. And very lucky kids flying business class at seven or nine. I wish I was doing that. <laughs> we do have to be careful. Um, we do try and keep it real. So, you know, lots of Jetstar travel in the mix as well. Um, oh. I, I knew I had a problem problem a few months ago when my daughter asked me if the, the Jetstar seat would turn into a bed and if garlic bread was being served. <laughs> yes, she has to be introduced to the real world. <laughs> oh, but that's amazing. That's, that's really cool. And I'm curious, like, what is your secret to being able to book these flights? Is it is it kind of like a process of double checking every time there's like, you know, new drops of seats or yeah, how do you do that? Look, it's definitely getting harder. And I think before the pandemic, there was a very clear and structured way that airlines would release their reward seats. They would typically release them 11 months out if you had status and 10 months if you didn't. But now I think what we're seeing is the airlines are are waiting to see what's sold. They're taking a look at their inventory very regularly. And as a result, we're sort of seeing these sporadic dumps of seats. So it is more challenging. Personally, I like to use uh, algorithms that help me search for award seats. So seats.aero is is a big one that I use. Uh, I use the, the Qantas multi-city tool and sometimes I'll use other One World Airlines to, to give me a better view of 
of those seats. Um, and it's really just a matter of checking as regularly as possible, looking at creative routing. So perhaps going through a different port to get to Europe than would be the norm and, uh, and flexible through variable uh, rewards programs. Oh, awesome. That's really cool to know. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I guess, like you said, you went to Tokyo through Sydney, not through Adelaide to get your business class flight. That's it. We we do need to do quite a bit of hopping to, to Melbourne and Sydney in order to get on certainly a lot of those really nice business and first class flight options. Uh, and look, that was an interesting one because we actually booked those seats through um, Life Miles. So have you heard of Life Miles? No. no. It's a it's a Colombian frequent flyer program where you buy miles and they run bonuses a couple of times a year. So we had identified these seats at last minute and there happened to be a bonus on buying these miles. So I think we ended up buying the required miles for about $2,500, which we were then able to use for those four business class reward seats. So there are different ways of, of traveling on points, I guess. You don't always need to have those points up front. You can also purchase them if there are good promotions on. So here, most of the points for ANA, you bought them through LifeMail. That's right. Yes. Nice. Mm. And do you guess run the numbers before buying those to make sure it's worth the money, right? Absolutely. So you, you don't want to be paying more than you would for a revenue ticket. And then you've got to take into consideration the fact that you're not earning status or points on those flights too. So calculations are important for sure. Wow, that's really cool. Already learning some some stuff. Definitely going to check out that tool. Pablo, I can see his, Pablo's brain's going. He's usually the one that books our flights. He's like, ooh. <laughs> Actually, yeah, quite, quite a niche question, but you mentioned that you cannot get status credit, you know, with Spons Flight. And Contest, you know, is the Contest Rewards Club. You can actually the get... The Points Club, yes. The Points Club. And yeah. do you recommend getting it or not? Or what's your thought on it? Look, I think it's great. I think it's a really great Qantas initiative. And it was a bit of a shame when they launched it, it was sort of in the middle of the pandemic and it didn't get a lot of coverage, really. I think it's it's quite easy to earn the threshold of points to attain the Points Club status and even Points Club Plus. And if you travel long haul on points, then you can get some decent status credit holes on those uh, flights. Mm. And I also really love the hotel vouchers and the, the Qantas wine vouchers that they provide too. Yeah, that's very true. I, I'm a points club member, which is just amazing. Just being able to go into the lounges anytime that you want, even if it's just like a domestic flight, you know, Sydney to Melbourne or whatever. It's really nice. So yeah, highly recommend doing that. I guess I'm curious to hear from you. How do you try to make the most of the points that you have? Because from what it seems like, you treat your points like cash or like money and you want to make sure that you are making the most of it. So what's your process before you're booking a flight? How do you make sure that the numbers make sense? That's a really good point that you raised there, Queenie. And absolutely, I think points should be treated by more people as an asset, as cash essentially. And we should do what we can to protect them and also to maximise our value from them. So for me personally, as a rule of thumb, I'll typically aim to extract at least two cents value per point, no less. Um, ideally, I'd be getting three or four cents or even more per point. But, you know, that depends on, on what's available in terms of flights. So that's really just a matter of keeping an eye on, on the cost of 
of the flights outright and doing the maths with the points that it costs and also the, the taxes and carrier charges to make sure that the value is there. Mm, but you certainly won't cool. see me using points for uh, gift cards or, or shopping at the Qantas store. Yeah, yeah. Flights, um, and for those listening, flights are usually the best value, but even better value would be business class or first class tickets, but only when you're getting the classic reward seats. So it's something to keep in mind when you are booking, because sometimes you might think that you're booking a points flight, but really you're booking a points plus pay flight, which can be a lot more than just the normal classic reward seats. And yeah, by doing the maths, you can basically get the value of a cash flight, compare that to how much you're paying in points. So you basically deduct the fees and the carrier charges from the cash flight, and then you'll understand point for point. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How much your points are worth for that flight. So, yeah, just some quick maths there. Just wanted to keep that in mind. Pablo, anything to add? Yes, it's good to, to do math. One quick question, Adele, on this math that you're doing, like, do you do like just the exact same flight at the same time or like roughly? Because if you go, for example, on the holidays during like, uh, you know, Easter, obviously these flights will be more expensive. So do you use the exact same flight, I guess? Yeah. Look, it depends. I think, you know, you want to have a look at the general cost to, to get a, an indication of the value. Um, certainly if there are flights at peak times, so whether it's school holidays, Christmas or Easter, then I'm more inclined to use my points for domestic economy because there's there's typically increased value on offer there. Oh, interesting. Okay. And now I think the question everyone's been waiting for, how do you get the most out of your points or what do you find is the best use of points? Look, hands down, premium cabin redemption, so business and first class, and ideally on Airlines that offer an exceptional business or first class experience. For business class, Qatar Airways Q Suite would be my go-to. Uh, it's a fully private enclosed suite. It's it's basically the first class of business class. And given that they are a new transfer member of American Express membership rewards, you can pick up a one-way flight from Australian cities to Europe for ninety thousand points, which is uh, really good value. And then first class, um, I really can't go past any first class with a shower. So Emirates and Etihad would be my picks. Wow, that's really cool. I so want to have that shower experience and the enclosed experience. So thank you so much for sharing. Were those your best flights ever, like the best flights that you've ever done? It's funny, I've actually just published a post on my website about my recent flight on Emirates from Sydney to Christchurch. So I don't know if you're aware of this redemption, but for just 64,500 Qantas points, you can fly in first class from Sydney to Christchurch and you get the the suite, you get your Dom Perignon champagne, the potentially shower in the sky, the A380 bar, and even a visit to the Qantas first lounge beforehand. So I think for, you know, for a small points outlay and plenty of award seat availability, that's a really nice one. Wow, that's really cool. Is that with Emirates or 
using Qantas, yes. Qantas points yes. for Emirates flight. Yeah. That's nice. right. So you should have a look. I've uh, I've just, uh, if you go and have a look at my post, I've got some dates there with two seats. So uh, you should try it out. Ooh. Yeah, definitely. That sounds really cool. That would be really cool. fun. <laughs> Pablo's excited. Yes, new holiday. Christchurch. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And... Oh, okay. I'm curious because I feel like one of the number one things that we get asked when we talk about points is, you know, is it worth it, the annual fees that you pay with credit cards? And I know the one that you use, for example, like the American Express Platinum card does have quite a high annual fee. So how do you know whether you're actually getting the value from your card and how do you kind of like do the mental maths just to make sure that you are making the most of your card and, and you actually are getting value from it and not just paying annual fees? It's a really good question. And I think there are so many different cards available on the market these days with varying annual fees. So it's really important to look in depth at the benefits that those products offer to make sure that you're actually getting tangible value. So for me, with my Platinum card, there are a number of travel and lifestyle benefits on offer that, that for me, they will far exceed the annual fee. And they're typically things that I would spend my money on anyway. So I'm not sort of going out of my way to to try and get that value. When I'm looking at an annual fee, I'm typically looking to see whether there are travel benefits like flight vouchers or travel credits, lounge passes that can offset that annual fee, as well as any lifestyle benefits. The other side of that coin, of course, is the ongoing earn rate. So the number of points you get per dollar for that card so that is another important consideration for me for an annual fee card. Mm, yeah, that is a very good point. And it is interesting that you mentioned the vouchers offsetting the fee because there are a lot of cards on the market where the annual fee is offset by the travel credit or a voucher that you get every year, plus all the other benefits that you get from using the card. So that's a really good one to mention. Pavli, anything to add? Yeah, I think it's interesting. And I think you had like an offer right now on the NAB card, right? I do. Yes, we just had one launched this morning. Oh, so yes. exciting. Can you so, tell us more? So it's an offer on the NAB Rewards signature card, which is exclusive to the Champagne Mile. And there's up to 200,000 bonus NAB Rewards points for new card holders. So it's a flexible points program, which means you can transfer points to a range of uh, different airlines or, or other providers. Very cool. Thank you so much for sharing. I was actually, I was just telling Adele I was on Osbargan this morning and I actually saw it pop up and I was like, that is such a great offer. So it's really good to know. So we've put the link down in the show notes if anyone wants to check it out, as well as links to Adele's website, The Champagne Mile. But I'm also curious on the topic of credit cards, annual fees and the value that you can get from them. What are the best, in your opinion, like the best, your, your favorite, maybe like top three favorite uses of credit cards for value. So for example, you know, some of them might have complimentary insurances or, you know, a higher earn rate. Like what are the top three, maybe if you have any stories that you can remember where you've used, I don't know, an interesting benefit from one of your credit cards? It's an interesting question. So look for me, Probably the most important thing I look for is the earn rates of the number of points that you're earning per dollar, because that's really something that is so important long term. It's an ongoing benefit. 
And I, I think that people tend to get perhaps a little bit caught up in the bonus points on offer up front with cards. But if they're high spenders, if they have a lot of spend for business, then they should really be looking at that ongoing earn rate uh, because that may deliver more benefits in the long term. So that would probably be my top one. Uh, following that, I think some of the travel credits on offer, so I think American Express has got some great flight and travel benefits with their cards. Uh, Virgin Money's got Velocity, or sorry, Virgin Australia vouchers with, with their flyer card at the moment. So some of those tangible travel and flight vouchers, I think, are really good value. Mm. And then on to the third, I, I'd probably say insurances, actually, at least if they're very good insurances. So with my Platinum card, it's very comprehensive from things like rental car hire, damage collision, waiver access, through to if you travel overseas and, and you misplace jewellery, then they'll look after you. So, yeah, that's an important one too. Are there any interesting stories you can remember when this came in handy? So, yes. So, look, I actually travelled to Paris and Champagne for a friend's 50th last month and I travel with my engagement ring, my wedding ring, and uh, I was uh, travelling between Bruges in Belgium and Brussels airport and I looked down at my, my hand when I was on my flight, which was an Eddie had business class flight home, looked down and my engagement ring stone was missing. And I'd seen it that morning as I was getting ready. So it had obviously come out of my ring somewhere between the hotel in Bruges, various train stations and the Eddie had flight. So oh, no. I was uh, luckily able to lodge a, uh, a claim for that, which was, was really great. And uh, yeah, it was an important benefit for me on my card when I travel. That's so That's cool. You never would think that your credit card would cover something like that, hey? But that's pretty amazing. Always See good it. to And look, it is, uh, it is capped. So, you know, I had a very modest engagement ring, which was probably good because I think if you had something super expensive, it's probably over that, you know, the cap that they'll pay. But Is the reason that you were able to get like some money refunded because you are traveling or because you bought it in the last 90 days? No, it was because I was travelling. So if I had lost it at home, if it had fallen out somewhere in Adelaide, for example, then I wouldn't have been covered for it. Wow. So in a way, it was very lucky that yeah. it happened there. <laughs> it was. And look, a lesson to everyone to go and get your uh, engagement ring claws tightened every few years. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is a very, very good lesson. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. That's a really cool, cool story. Yeah, I think it's very really interesting. And you mentioned, Adele, that you really look at like points per earning. And is that how you earn most of your points, like with spending? Is there like any hacks that you do to earn more points? So look, spending is is really the best way for me to generate points. And a lot of that is through my business. And typically, I'm just looking to make sure that I maximize the earn rate from every dollar, whether it's through Amex or Visa or MasterCard. Uh, I do keep an eye out from time to time for, for other offers. So I'll look at things like my streaming services, sometimes shopping, but I'll always compare with cashback because often that's better. Uh, so yeah, on, ongoing points earn is, is a big one for me, for sure, with the occasional ad hoc offer. Hmm, that is really cool. Are there any third-party tools that you use that you really recommend? Just thinking off the top of my head for like, I guess, earning extra points because you mentioned one before that was really cool. But yeah, just curious. 
I'm not sure, actually, Queenie. I'm, I'm thinking about whether there are any. I mean, sometimes you'll see like quite a resourceful person that's set an interesting tool up that, that gives you some interesting outlay of, of how you can earn points for various things. But honestly, it's usually my trusty calculator that I, that I bring out to, to help you with these things. So oh, cool. I'm sure there's a market for a new app. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, that's really cool. Thank you so much for sharing. I love it. Any other questions, Pavli? Yeah, so obviously you have your two credit cards, like the NAB and the MX, but how often will you change if you change or you just based on offers? How do you do that? So I try to be a bit careful and not shift around my credit cards too much, particularly if they've got good ongoing benefits. So my Amex I've had for about eight years now, uh, and that's, that's very much a keeper card for me. And otherwise, with Visa and MasterCard, I think it's just a matter of of having a bit of a look out there and and seeing if there are some good offers around. uh, And it can sometimes be worth switching to do that. Yeah, very, very good point. And something to note as well about changing around your credit cards a lot, like Adele mentioned, sometimes it can impact your credit score. So that's why it's good to have, I guess, like, it's fine to change credit cards every so often. You know, maybe every couple of years, but if you're doing it every single year or even more frequently than that, that can look, that can be a little bit of a red flag on your credit report. So just something to keep in mind. So I think it's good, like Pablo and I also personally, we use our Amex Ultimate card because the annual fee offsets the travel credit that we get every year. So even though we don't get the bonus points every single year, we still get the travel credit every year and all of the other benefits we get from using the card. And obviously, like spending on the card, we still earn points. So, yeah, something to keep in mind if you are considering doing that. But is there anything else that you would like to add, Adele? Like any other things that you wish you knew before you started to dive deep into this world? Look, I, I can't say it enough, but points diversification is key. So if anyone's looking to really ramp up their frequent flyer game next year, I would suggest uh, taking a look at all of the different programs out there and really comparing, I guess, the cost of reward flights against um, different airlines. So, you know, Qantas Long Haul to Europe versus Avios versus Velocity, for example, just to, to get a sense of it. And then the other thing I think is just really treating your points as you would an asset like their cash. So making sure that you keep track of them so they don't expire. I saw today that Qantas has uh, finally, they've actually updated their TNCs around uh, what happens to points when someone dies, which is really good. So they're now actually allowing people to pass those points on to to their family, which is great. So, yeah. So, I mean, I would suggest if you have a big pile of points, Uh, whether you're young or old, actually putting those points into your will so that you know that uh, they're going to be smoothly passed on to someone is is a really good idea. That is a really, really good idea and something that I haven't really considered before, but it is such a nice, another benefit of collecting points is not only can you use them for yourself and, you know, your dependents, but you can also gift it to friends and family. Like, for example, Pablo's mum coming from Europe She's using our points to fly and we also flew by auntie to Sydney. So it's nice also being able to help our family members and friends, you know, lower the cost of their trip. So that's a really good point, like making sure, thinking about that. If you're not going to use your points or maybe even gifting some away or even, um, yeah, like you said, putting it in your will. That's a great idea. I love that. Good, 
point, like you said. <laughs> very, very good point. And Adele, a uh, quick question about like, you know, your kids, uh, are you, how are you teaching them how to use points? So are they going to have credit cards of their own? So we, we haven't had the credit card discussion. I think, you know, nine-year-old is maybe a little bit bit uh, bit young for that. But look, I think I think it's a bit similar to instilling good money habits, really. If you, you start with teaching good money habits and then you can start to talk about points. There are quite limited abilities for kids to earn points these days, really. So it'd be nice to see some more, uh, in, you know, some more ways and opportunities that are positive and that help help children with financial literacy. Mm, yeah, another great idea for an app. <laughs> Two apps idea. Yeah, that is a very interesting point because I guess now we're thinking when we have a baby, you know, and, and a child, eventually it's like, wow, like what if they are flying business class and they get a bit spoiled and they're like, ooh, I'm a business class person, you know? <laughs> it's like how do you kind of tell them how lucky they are and not everyone gets this opportunity and we're doing it in a smart way. It's not because we're spending 40 grand on flights, you know? <laughs> Exactly. Yes. And look, I think, you know, but the odd jet star flight is very important. So yeah, to humble, humble all of us <laughs> and also yes. the kids too. I guess yeah. Yeah, what we learn is that the ratio Adele is important from you. Like, you know, you got to even it out business, jet star, and then. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's really good. Oh, I've so enjoyed chatting with you, Adele. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom. And we have popped some links below to Adele and her website and some different card offers that she has available. So highly recommend checking out her website. It is amazing. It is a wealth of knowledge. And thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to chat with you both. Oh, Thanks, Adele. Thank you. See you. Bye. Bye.